Welcome, everybody, to episode 114 of the Circle Back Podcast, the show where three great friends get together and just talk about video games. I'm Dan LaMarca. As always, I am joined by Shelby White. What's poppin'? What is poppin', Shelby? <laughs> uh, we don't have any Dan Dufernoy here today, so it's just the two of us. Uh, a little bit more of an intimate episode, you know? <laughs> uh, Dan Jim. is out on assignment, but he'll return on the following episode. Um, he's doing some uh, intel for us. Yeah, over at Naughty Dog Studios. Yeah, he's got a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of NDAs signed. He can't really talk about it. Uh, I heard he's in in uh, at Arcane Leon Studios playing Deathloop. That's what I heard. Oh, perfect, so, perfect. So As he'll come seen, back. Haven't and, seen enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Shelb, it's just us, but uh, we got a lot of new games to talk about here. Um, that is true. And a couple of old ones. So I've kind of been dipping around. Let's actually, you know, let's kick it off, Shelby, with an interesting one here. Uh, 12 Minutes. 12 yes. Minutes came out on August 19th. You and I have both played and completed uh, 12 Minutes. Yes. Um, I want to preface it by saying there's an interesting relationship between 12 Minutes and Boyfriend Dungeon in the conversation you know i kind of have this curated list of like around 500 people in the video game space that i follow on twitter so whenever something big is like being talked about a lot you know in like the discourse i hear it so content warnings are a big thing nowadays and 12 minutes and boyfriend dungeon both are having like interesting conversations around content warnings. So I'll mention more about that when we get into Boyfriend Dungeon because I think it plays a little bit more of a part there. 12 minutes, let's just talk about the game. So the basic concept was, we've seen this game for a long time. There was actually a Giant Bomb Quick Look EX in 2016 (laughs) with this game. (laughs) Like a look at the gameplay. And it seemed like a lot of the story beats are exactly the same. So it just took them a while to get polished and do everything like that. But the game is you walk into your apartment, you're a man, you walk into the apartment and your girlfriend, wife, you know, you end up learning it's your wife. Uh, You hear her like humming a tune in the bathroom. She comes out and you kind of have this day. I'll, I'll spoil the first loop because it's literally the first thing you do. Uh, you sit down. She made you your favorite dessert. You sit down, have this dessert, and she surprises you with a gift. You open up, and it's a little onesie for a baby, and it has a picture of a flower, and it says Dahlia on it. So your character remarks, like, oh, it's my mother's name, right? You know, nothing too much to consider it's just wow that's nice we're having a baby and the way your character responds is a little interesting it doesn't seem like he's expecting it or (laughs) excited about it necessarily (laughs) um and then this man knocks on the door Uh, i should mention all these characters are played by famous actors the your player character is james mcavoy your wife is Daisy Ridley, and uh, the man knocking on the door is Willem Dafoe. So you got Willem Dafoe at the door, knocking. He says, I'm with the police. Uh, you know, I need to come in. <clears throat> he opens the door and immediately arrests your wife, handcuffs her, puts her on the ground, right? So you have some agency here. It's a, it's a point-and-click adventure game where everything's happening in real time. <clears throat> so... 
you all right so this this man saying he's a cop in a suit is arresting your wife what do you do so if you click on him you'll talk or say something and he'll warn you don't say anything else i'm warning you and then if you say something else he'll come over and knock you out if you go to you can run over to grab a knife or something or you can there's like a million different things you can do you can go to try to free your wife it all ends in this first loop with you either getting knocked out <clears throat> or something happening and then boom, click, the day starts over again and the clock ticks back and it's 10 minutes ago again. And that's kind of the loop of this game is you doing these very point and click adventure game interactions where you're picking up items in your inventory, you're using those items on things in the world. And you're doing this to solve the mystery of what's going on. The guy said, I'm arrest you're arrested, you're under arrest for the murder of your father eight years ago. So it's like, okay, <clears throat> really strong setup, right? Like this is why people have been interested in the game for so yeah. long. It's a great setup. It's a time loop. You're trying to figure out what's going on. And each time you are remembering the information and then you have to try to convince the people around you that, hey, I've learned some more information from last time because I'm stuck in a time loop. So very interesting setup. I'll after after that whole setup, I'll throw to you now. I want your just high level. What do you think of the game? You completed the game. Give me your cause this game is very divisive. It seems like <clears throat> either you love it or you hate it. I don't see a lot of people being like, Yeah, it was okay. And maybe you're going to prove me wrong right here and tell me it was okay. I was just about to say, I'm <laughs> one of those more on the fence. I definitely lean more towards, I do, I did like the game. There were a lot of things that I was like, huh, and like, eh, uh, you know, like not, not super high on. Um, like, for example, you just said you have to convince people you're stuck in this time loop. That, I, I the very first time I got that, it's like, all right convince her you're in a time loop and i was like really that's not how this works i've seen yeah. time travel movies <laughs> you're not supposed to tell people you know like so whatever it, it's a very important part and it does play um into the story how it how it is but um so it's actually funny so that first whole loop that's how your first loop's supposed to go right <laughs> not this guy i did nothing <laughs> but explore the apartment and screwed up the whole first loop i had no idea what was going on for like four <laughs> loops as oh god it was it was crazy um what, what you, but didn't, I did, you didn't sit down for dessert <laughs> no not at all i didn't sit down for dessert for like eight loops <laughs> oh my god that's great i was like i don't want this dessert i see it in there and i was like <laughs> i really spent the first like two or three loops just exploring and trying to figure out everything in the apartment that i could interact with yeah it's like a little um, escape room yeah exactly you know, like, you're like, so, like kind of tinkering with stuff finding little secrets yeah. things exactly so i so i really did all of that right away and i kind of like I was fine going through it, and I en I enjoyed the fact that like dialogue when it popped up. If you've done it already, if you've if you've played out that timeline, it kind of like grayed out, and I was like, all right. So it kind of helps you keep track if you're right. not sitting down playing <clears throat> this game nonstop. Um, yeah, it's interesting because it's not a very it like super intensive game or or very long. I think you can honestly beat the game in seven loops. Okay. is uh something i've read i think if you like one of the i've only done one of the endings i've also heard that there's multiple yeah um, i i did a couple of them and then looked up the rest 
Okay. Yeah. So I, I did one ending, just like a natural ending, um, without looking up anything. And then I looked it up afterwards and I was like, oh, there's different ways of doing this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what? I, I am, I, I lean more towards liking it. Cause I did like the intrigue, the mystery twists, turns, you know, yes. like has that whole thing, which I kind of went into expecting, but, um, I think, I don't know. I'm not stuff, somebody. Yeah, yeah. I think that stuff is kind of undeniable, right? Like great yeah. pitch. The whole beginning is great because you're kind of learning new things all the time. It's interesting. There's a couple of things that make me, I am on the other end of it where I, I think this is a bad game. Like I, there are things that I like about it. Like mm -hmm. what I'm about to say, the whole setup and that whole beginning area, as you're learning things, checking out the apartment, oh, look, I didn't know I could open this before, or, oh, I'm that light switch, you know, sparks, maybe I could do something with that, and then figuring that out. That stuff's cool, because I like adventure games, I understand it. Mm -hmm. But it does not execute well in a number of ways. I think the voice acting is bad. And I think that's so strange coming from they purposefully got these famous actors to be the voice cast. Yeah, I Honestly, I, I completely agree with you on this. There were so many times where I'm looking at it and I'm pointing and clicking and I'm like, what did they do? Get these guys to come in for one day, I record everything, was, and, and they didn't do it together? You know, like it, that's think, what it felt like. To you me. know what it feels like to me? It's like a perfect example of a good actor with a bad director can sound bad. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. The, there was no direction on these voice lines. I, you know, I, I don't want to be overly critical, but it was not impressive. I think Daisy Ridley was by far the best of the three. <clears throat> but honestly, even her, like nothing was impressive with this. I don't know why <laughs> they don't give them a lot of material to work with either. Like there are a couple of pivotal scenes, but for the most part, it's just like small little conversations. It's like, why did we even feel the need to have this cast for this? <clears throat> I, I completely agree with you. It's like, honestly, thinking about it, I don't know when they recorded or when they did it, but it's, it seems like they gave them a piece of paper during COVID, like sent it to their house and just <laughs> said, Hey, read these on your Yeti at home and send them back. You it know, is, like that's, that's the vibe I got. Cause I agree with you there. Weird. And then the actual, like the animations are clunky, like the pathing of the characters. Like if you happen to be standing in somebody's way, like really awkward interactions happen. Like the <laughs> game is not polished in a way that I expected it to be, you know, like it's, it's an Annapurna game. It has this huge voice cast. It's, it has all this, you know hype behind it leading up <clears throat> i was shocked by a lot of this and then you get to the real kicker with that i that i can't speak in specific because i don't want to spoil it but right. holy cow the the main pivotal twist of this game is just so dumb and un like it is not deserved based on like the ending twist you mean right yes yeah, okay. Totally undeserved because you did not do that good of a job of telling a story here. Like, it, right. it, it was like, it's almost like you had a rough draft of it, and then they're like, yeah, that's good. That works. <laughs> like, there was no, like, tweaking to make it more interesting. There was no, like, editing to say, you know, maybe this doesn't make a lot of sense. Maybe we should twist this a little bit, tweak this back. Like, I, it, it just seems like, you know what it reminds me of? This is going to sound like I'm offending a lot of people out there, but <laughs> if you have ever seen an off-Broadway play, yeah, that's what this is. 
it's like written by somebody that is not a professional writer, like not good at at being a writer. And it's like, like it's just weird. Not yeah. to mention, so, yeah. there's Go a ahead. lot of. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of like unwarranted, strange violence in this game, where like you can do a lot of things. And it's like, for what reason? Like, I just don't... The, the game just started to put me off the more and more I played it, where I was just like, this is all kind of just needless. Like, nothing is like... Like, all right, you have a knife. Now you're going to try using it on yourself. You're going to try using it on your wife. It's like, all this stuff can be done. And it's like, but why? Like, why? That doesn't make it more interesting. Like, this isn't like... They're not exploring anything about the whole loop itself this isn't a groundhog day thing where it's like yeah you know when bill murray says that really dark line about how many times he's killed himself or whatever uh, like it's there's nothing interesting like that in this like they don't even talk about the loop they don't talk about why it's happening like there is an ending where it's it's implied as to what's going on but overall it's like like I expected that to be an interesting part of the game and it's totally not like at all. No, not at all. I think what they wanted to do was give you items to where you can do several things. Basically, it sounds like, hey, here's an item. Give them three options how to use this item. Only one of them is really going to be the right option. You know, like, yeah. and and they did that multiple times, just copy, paste, copy, paste with different types of items and and figuring it out. Once you figured it out, it's like, okay, that makes sense. Because like you said, with the knife, I... It's actually funny if you play multiple loops with the knife and attack the cop when he comes in with it, you get better every time, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. But then it's then it just ends, and then it's like, okay, this is a pointless thing. Like if you attack him with the knife, he dodges, he punches you. The next time you do it, you attack him, he dodges, then he goes to punch you, you dodge, and then he mm-hmm. like headbutts you or something. And if you do it like five or six or seven times, each time the grapple gets a little bit longer because you're both learning um how to deal with each other but but inevitably he wins he knocks you out right um i think that's the most interesting failed interaction in the entire game because there's yeah no, oh, there's nothing else like that like it's not yeah. interested in that stuff yeah. which is the whole you know idea why is it a time loop then mm-hmm. like what like for what reason i agree with you with the final um the the whole final ending at oh, least the one that i had god it threw me off completely. If I'm being honest, I was a little confused by it. Yeah. And uh, and still had some questions. And that's honestly the only reason I looked up, the, like looked up the ending to see if like there was anything different I could have done because I right. was confused by what was going on there. But at the same time, like I enjoyed my way of getting it. There were two moments in the game where I just I just could not figure out what to do, mm-hmm. and it was like stupidity on my part for just not trying enough things. But uh, but but it was pretty funny because I was getting so frustrated with myself because I do love puzzle games and I was like, this should not be this hard. What the yeah. hell is going on? Well, the and, problem. Uh, <laughs> so what you're getting at is something that I have a big problem with this game, and this is why I end up looking at it as a whole, and I'm like, I think it's just a bad game personally because the design of the puzzles, there's no like it needs you to answer them in the right order with the right thing. Like there, and that is the most frustrating thing in a little puzzle box like this. It should be rewarding you for trying something different and getting there in a different way. Like that's what makes these kind of game interesting. But the fact that it's like, well, you can't do that yet. Try that again on the next loop after this person says this one line of dialogue. And it's like, but I already knew, like I already knew where this was going. 
and yeah. instead you're making me think I'm wrong, and so I'm not incentivized to try that again. Right. Occasionally, very occasionally, the main character will say something that will like point you in a direction. That's never been the case where like I needed him to say that. Like he may say right. like, "Oh, how do I?" Get I her mentioned to- yeah, yeah, or he'll be like, "Oh, they mentioned you know this person." And right. then you're like, like I guess for somebody it's like, oh, I gotta go in this direction. Yeah. But it really, like, this is what I'm saying. It's like, brilliant concept. Love the setup. That's the beginning and the end for me. Like, I am not interested in this game in any way. It was. It, this is definitely one of my most disappointing games of the year for sure. Woof. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about because there was. It, the same thing i didn't need the prompt from the character and there was actually if i was going to give a tip to anybody playing this game the stuff that the characters say on their own is so on the nose like when they're trying to give yeah. you a hint yeah it's literally like i i remember the cop said something later on in one of the later interactions he, he literally said this one thing and i was like who would say that? I was like, why would right. somebody say that? That's weird. And then it was like, a- after a few more runs, and I figured out why he said that. And I was like, oh, it's trying to push you in that direction. But it was just as uh, it was an awkward thing to say for somebody to say unprompted. And and then that's where I started feeling the disconnect with the dialogue. Yes, uh, like poor. we were talking about before, because it was just like such weird things to say on their own. It's just not yeah. well written. Like, on yeah. top of everything else that I complain about, it's like, it's just not well-written, and it's just not that interesting of a story in the end. Like, it really isn't. Like, it, it's, it lives and dies on that intrigue and that setup. And yes. if you're, like, all in on that, like, you can have a good time with this game. I'm not saying you're going to be miserable. Like, I played through it, you know? It's not like I was hating it the whole way but the more and more i look back at it it's one of those pieces of media where i keep looking at it, i'm like that wasn't good <laughs> like like <laughs> you know in the moment it's like okay i want to see this through but it's like think about all the stuff it's like that was that part wasn't good this part wasn't good this part wasn't good oh and the overall story if you told somebody what it was they would laugh at you like it's like juvenile <laughs> it's so I I- yeah up until the ending, you know, like I was trying because the same thing, like I was enjoying trying to figure things out to to the point where I was I was convincing myself that I liked this game, you know, like right. I was like, oh, I like this a lot. And then it's like the ending was where it became one of those games where I was like on the fence and I was like, oh, do I like this game, though? Because that <laughs> that sucked. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the, the bugginess, everything like that is obvious. Those are easy things to pick apart. And I try and look past that for the most part. Um when I'm thinking overall about the game, but, but it is true when a lot of things come together in certain, there's one thing I was thinking about afterwards. I was laughing about, um, and you kind of touched point on this before. It seemed like some, whoever wrote this or whoever had the idea for it, like had this idea and was like, Hmm, this would be too hard to make a movie or a show, you know, like <laughs> what, what medium can I get this out in? It was like too, too confusing for a book, you know? And then he was like, Oh, video game. Let me just, let me do that. And yeah. like that's that's kind of how it seemed to me. He just portrayed it at whatever medium he could, because he couldn't figure out how to do it elsewhere, or he or she or whoever the hell wrote it. Right. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, it's just but, yeah. strange. It's yeah. just a strange game with some really neat ideas, and you know, games like that can go either way for me. Sometimes I love like an ambitious game that fails, but 
this game overall, I just really ended up not liking it all. I, you know, for me, it's like even you know we were talking briefly before because we're gonna do our uh, fantasy check in, and Dan had twelve minutes on his list, um, and Chubb was like, "Wow, I'm surprised it's that low," and for me like coming out of it and looking back i it's it's even lower for me like i'm at like a probably i'd probably give this game like a six out of ten like something like that where it's like you know there's just too many things that it does poorly for for the rest of it to make to carry it you know what i mean right Um, right. but i know you know some people are gonna really dig this game and, and more power to them i'm not i'm certainly not you know saying my opinion is the only the only valid opinion uh but <laughs> that's just kind of where i landed on 12 minutes unfortunately yeah the game i was yep. super stoked for totally understandable yeah um let's move <laughs> on i'll talk you know what let's just jump right into boyfriend dungeon a game that i also started and finished uh it's also on game pass it was one of those uh you know same day as a nintendo direct uh it 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 launched uh also on game pass um and i'll i'll connect the dots to what i was talking about before briefly so anyone that doesn't know what a content warning is it is before you consume a piece of media there's a warning that says warning if you have a history of trauma in xyz right so if there's rape depicted it would be content warning for sexual assault and rape and sexual violence right and the idea is you're warning people ahead of time Hey, if this is a problem for you, this is in this thing. So maybe steer clear. You know, it's kind of like handle with care. Like that's the idea, right? Yeah. It's not saying, it's not spoiling explicitly what's going to happen. You know, I, I have no issues. You know, I, I think this becomes like almost like a political thing when it shouldn't. It's like, hey, if we can just warn people ahead of time and not spoil a thing, I don't see any problem with that personally. I don't I don't know how you would, but you know, some people decide that they really hate them, but nonetheless, 12 minutes is a game filled, filled with violence in really rough ways. (laughs) Like there's, there's torture, there's, you know, like I mentioned violence to pregnant women and in particular, like, you know, pretty in certain things that you can do pretty explicit that, you know, you are doing bad things to a pregnant woman and it's horrible and there's no content warning. Right. So that is something that hardly anyone is talking about. But in the game Boyfriend Dungeon, which does have a content warning ahead of time, and it has a content warning that says content warning for stalking and unwanted affection and blah, 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 like stuff like that, right? And the thing that ended up happening was in my, you know, in my little video game echo chamber on Twitter, everybody was talking and having an opinion on the Boyfriend Dungeon content warning because there is a character that is stalking you and texting you all the time and leaving you gifts that you don't want and being just like an overall creep. And even though it was warned against, there was some people, you know, in that community saying like, oh, this isn't sufficient and we want to have an opt out for that content. And so the reason I wanted to even bring it up is because luckily I saw a lot of people in that space that I agree with that were saying, absolutely not. Like that is the whole point of a content warning is to say, if this is going to affect you, 
this is a major part of the story, and maybe you should not play this game. Yeah, it that, is, it there's is not, your opt-out right there. There's Don't your opt-out. Your opt-out <laughs> is do not play this. And so this is where the conversation went, where people are like, wait, like we can't be, we can't be asking developers to have opt-outs for major parts of their story. Like that's just ridiculous. And thankfully that is the sentiment that I saw largely. So I just wanted to briefly shout that out, that there was some debate there. Uh, and the, the large majority was saying like, uh, no, we can't expect opt-out. Plus if you're doing opt-out, then you're, you know, you're, you're changing the story in a way that the creators didn't intend. Like, right. and, and not to mention there is value in having stories based around trauma. Like there is something there. Often it's like the writer's personal trauma they're bringing into it. And it's like, well, am I not allowed to write about my own trauma because I'm afraid that it's going to upset somebody and they're going to make a big deal about it online and I'm going to get in trouble. Like that's not right. And that's what I saw from a lot of creators as like, hey, this is why content warnings exist. And what the what the Boyfriend Dungeon team did ultimately was saying, you know what? The content warning was a little vague. So let's just rewrite it in a little bit more specific way. And the majority of people were happy. So, the, the you know, there's still people out there that say we need opt-outs for stuff like this, which is just totally creatively <laughs> insane to me but just wanted to briefly let you talk about that and the interesting thing is the the reason that this happened is because the the crowd that is way into boyfriend dungeon is largely like you know marginalized queer like whatever and they are the ones that are like more policing of this stuff and it's so unfortunate that 12 minutes is more mainstream and nobody cared that they didn't have any content warning. And yet this whole boyfriend dungeon thing, this team is getting like, it's totally, you know, <laughs> talked about like they did something wrong just because of the crowd that happens to be largely associated with it. It's just a strange situation where it's like, all right, well, this is kind of, <laughs> it's kind of backwards. Like maybe we should be saying, Hey, 12 minutes should have a content warning. And right. Boyfriend Dungeon is fine with their content warning. And then we'll yeah, all be that, happy. That's bizarre. That sucks. Yeah, it you sucks. Know, like you said, like now they're going out of their way. to. This is like uh, back in the day where everybody started suing each other unless uh, a certain thing on a food label didn't say, hey, don't eat this. Yes. You know, like, or exactly. don't do this. Like the contraceptive jelly story. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, like, yeah. I, like it's just, it's, people want overcompensation for, for things that, I don't know. I don't want to I say know. common sense. No, that's I know of, what you mean. You know what and, I mean? And truthfully, the thing that's unfortunate is you see other, I see other indie developers reaching out in regards to it and saying like, hey, this is like my worst nightmare because I have a game that involves trauma and I'm writing a content right. warning, but to be called out like I did something wrong is like an actual nightmare for me. And that sucks because this is something that happened to me and I want to write a story about it and I should be allowed to write that story without feeling like I did something wrong. And that's where it agree. comes down to we cannot hold people to anything like the creative work is the creative work. And the fact that there's such a thing as a content warning is the reason, like that's the solution. Right. Do not consume this work if you have a trauma that will be, that will affect you in a way. And, and that's just what it is. I mean, there's no, we can't have opt-outs for everything. You know, you're, you're changing <laughs> the creative intent of the creator, which is, which is just insane. 
Uh, that's absolutely excellent. Yeah, so that's a very long, you know, winded thing just to just to talk briefly about all that controversy over the past couple of weeks. Um, but nonetheless, I played Boyfriend Dungeon start to finish. I think, so here's what I'll say. This is not a game really meant for me, to be honest with you. This is like mm-hmm. a, it's like, the, the pitch is, it's a dating sim dungeon crawler where all of the weapons that you use in the dungeons are your you know possible dating people right so it's like you you use in this universe there are a few people like it's basically mutants and x-men but these people are they can become weapons and then transfer back into like a human form and it's like a funny thing okay and i think the humor overall is very good in this game like it is really funny it's good you know, I, I've played dating sims in the past that I've liked. I talked about Dream Daddy, where it's like, this game, like, isn't really for me. Same with Dream Daddy, where it's like, this is not really for me. Like, they didn't make this game for me. And, and therefore, like, I'm not going to enjoy it as much as somebody that it is made for. But nonetheless, I can experience it and say, like, wow, the writing's really clever in this. And and there were some really good jokes. And I really did like it. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of where I'm at with this, where it's like, the the thing that separates it from a, just a dating sim is you are dungeon crawling like an isometric like a diablo style dungeon crawler the problem is the dungeon crawling itself is totally bland and not much going on uh i shouldn't say not much going on because each weapon has a set of moves that are unique to that weapon so what you're doing is you're choosing the weapon you bring in and you're leveling up like your love rank by fighting with it. And then you come out and when you have done a full level, like, you know, one to five, then they'll call you over the next couple of days and set up a date. And then you have that date and you rank up to level two with love or whatever. So very classic, like dating sim stuff, but you're doing it while you're fighting. It's like a good pitch. It's just like, like it's boring you know the fighting is boring so it's like i didn't love that i think the writing is really funny and clever and good like i really did like it uh and i will say the animations when they're trans this is so the game looks very nice like the portraits character portraits remind me of like hades like very detailed well drawn like look great and the thing that i love like the best animation in this game is the first time that you convince a weapon to transform into a human form there's this huge like stylish animation and it looks amazing like incredible really really cool and other than that it's like you know again i don't think this type of game is not my like thing it's not what i'm you know it's not my preferred type of game so i'm Already, I'm not going to enjoy it as much as most. Um, but I enjoy what I played. I played through one playthrough of it, you know, with the the weapon of, that I chose, and it was it was cool. I had no intention or interest in going back to like do another. Okay. But um, but I enjoyed what I played, and I think it's a I think it's a good game, uh, not a great game. All right. 
Yeah, that's understandable. Like, I mean, I'm I'm glad at least somebody played it because I that that I know that's not a game for me. That's not <laughs> yeah. even a game I'm gonna try. So. Definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what it is? It's it's for me. A lot of these, it's on Game Pass. I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot, and it grabbed me enough that I wanted to complete one playthrough. Probably, right. you know, four or five hours, something like that, uh, right. for one playthrough. And and I enjoyed it, you know. It's nothing, you know. This isn't like gonna crack my top ten or anything, but it was a it was a fun experience. I'm glad I played. Right, and, and that's pretty much. Yeah, that. you know what I, I mean. And and I think that's another thing. I know we praise it all the time, but I think that's another thing that Game Pass does well. I mean, there's a ga- there's a game on there for every type of gamer, you know. Yes, I mean, hundred percent. You know, such so a good variety. Yeah, it, it really is. So so I can't complain that the there's like games that i would never play on there because you have hundreds of options yeah um, exactly and speaking yeah. of i'll transition into wasteland 3 this right. game is a game i remember i had an honorable mention list last year crusader kings 3 wasteland 3 and i th- and microsoft flight simulator where i'm like i would love all three of these games they're just too big and long for my life right now and i play too many other <laughs> games so i'm home with the baby I had some free time before uh, Psychonauts 2 came out. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll dip into Wasteland 3. And my God, this game is so goddamn good. This yeah, game, you, like <laughs> uh, you know what? It's I played Wasteland and Wasteland 2. Love them, so I'm not surprised. That's why I said I know I like this game. But this Wasteland 3 improves upon and adds new mechanics to the Wasteland formula in ways that I'm just delighted by. Like, Every part of this game is better than the previous two games. And so you know how I talk about like Divinity Original Sin and Wasteland. Like these are classic RPG, CRPGs, computer RPGs. It's like that isometric, turn-based, you know, you can, it's, it's basically an immersive sim, but it's pulled out, right? Like that's the idea. You can do anything. You can, you know, if you're, Depending on what skills you have high, you can cha- tackle any challenge in a different way. So if you're a computer, if you have a computer guy on your team, you can hack the computer to get in. Or if you're an, you have an explosives guy, you can blow up the door. Or like that's the classic. If you're you know uh, your kiss ass skill is high enough, you can convince the guard to let you in. Like that's the that's what this game is, um, and. It's just an absolutely superb one of them. I love all of the weapons and the abilities. The humor is fan-fucking-tastic. I played the beginning of this game and was like, Ugh, I don't know if I'm going to like this humor. And then I kept going with it. It is so freaking funny. And it is like... It, it, it's doing this riff on like America in a lot of ways. Where it's like you're in Colorado... And you're, it's the wasteland, right? So, like, the nuclear fallout happened, and now they're rebuilding civilizations. There's all these different groups or whatever. You come across this one group of people called the Gippers that are obsessed with Ronald Reagan. And they have, like, a giant, they made a giant Ronald Reagan AI that is like this giant <laughs> war machine that shoots lasers from his eyes. And you're introduced <laughs> when you come up to this area. They're like holding trial for these two different people. And one of them is a robot from the robot communist group. Mm-hmm. And one of them is uh, this like, there's like this religious cult basically uh, that like burns people 
and does horrible shit. And so Ronald Reagan's holding trial <laughs> against against these two. And the one is like, well, so this woman, you know, she burned a bunch of our people at the stake. She killed, you know, a bunch of our people. And he's like, mm-hmm. And then they're like, and this robot is a communist. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he like goes, com- com- communist, <laughs> and like burns him with the eyes. It's the funniest shit. Like they, <laughs> they have like such a over the top, sense of humor but it works so well because the writing is very good and that's just like one small example like all the all the women in this gippers group are are named nancy and and he calls he's like because nancy reagan was his wife and he calls right, right. he just calls them all nancy and so it's like you know sister nancy mother nancy and all these different it is just <laughs> uh there are a million jokes that are really really funny and it it it's it's a type of humor that sometimes puts me off because it's not well done. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I, I see this type of stuff and I'm like, Ugh, like it's cringy. But like right. when it's as well written as this, it's fantastic. And I'm loving every second of this game. Like absolutely loving. I've probably played 25, 30 hours, something like that. Oh, and I, wow. I'm only halfway through probably. Uh, but... It- is this a continuous game? Like, do you have to play the first two to understand a storyline or anything? Or are they kind of just... There all- are there are definitely threads that tie back to the previous games, but nothing in the main story, nothing that you really need to know. This is definitely... I would recommend jump right in to this one if you have any interest in it. Yeah, give it a um, shot. And this is on Game Pass. It's on that? Game Pass. It's it's made by uh, In Exile, which it was purchased by microsoft so they are they're a microsoft oh, studio so they're exclusive yeah and, but this is a last year game this came out last year and i will say I'm, I'm about halfway through if this game if i'd played this game last year there's no doubt in my mind it'd be on my top 10 it, it's such a fantastic game like i love it absolutely love it nice no that's good to hear yeah and I just mean, I, games like this are so reliant on the story being good and interesting things and every group you run into is just so interesting and you can do like a lot of times it's like you're making a choice between two different groups and the other one like you're just fighting and killing and they're gone <laughs> like it's like <laughs> that that's why these games are special it's it's you know when uh like the Elder Scrolls games or the Fallout, Fallout Three, and stuff like that. Like those are these games, but these games are top-down tactics. Like it's the these are always going to win out for me because I love the combat in these types of games compared to that first-person adventuring combat, like the real-time combat. But it's the same type of game. It's the same teams that made this. You know what I'm saying? Like these are this the roots of those those teams that made those classic elder scrolls games and stuff like that so like it, it that's the pitch that i give you is like if you like skyrim you should be playing crpgs because that's what these are like <laughs> these are those games but top down tactics combat yeah, it's just like different look at them yeah and because i love that kind of gameplay it's just like a match made in heaven i mean i've i've loved these games for a long time so it's nothing new but I'm absolutely adoring Wasteland 3. And, you know, now that I'm playing other stuff, I'm putting it on the back burner, but I will definitely go back to it and finish it. That's awesome to hear. That uh, I always love hearing about good Game Pass games. Oh, it's so good. It really <laughs> is. <laughs> uh, let's move along here. A game I talked about briefly last episode, Axiom Verge 2. I did complete it. 
Oh, um, nice. And that's a newer one, right? That just came out. Like it a just came weeks out. Ago? Yeah, August eleventh. Right. Um, okay. I had played like an hour, hour and a half on the last episode and was digging it, but not not sure about it. I will say, I really like this game a lot. I think it is such a like brave sequel because it is so. I played Axiom Verge when it came out, loved it, and so when I jumped into this, I was like, wow, it's really different. It's like all a lot of melee combat. You can hack enemies now that wasn't in the other game. Um, The visuals are super different. Like everything is just completely different from the from the previous game. So I played through it, really loved it. I think this is a this is a really great Metroidvania. I have a feeling, and 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 you see it on reviews. It's very polarizing because it's a different kind of Metroidvania. It's not trying to be this super powered, you know, crazy, you know, you're overpowered, you're killing everything by the end. Like it is not that this game is a lot of like hack the enemies, avoid the enemies. Like you're not like, it's, it's a different kind of game than right, most Metroidvanias. Uh... Yeah. And it's, it's really about the exploration and the story. Like that's what the game is. And in both of those aspects, it absolutely nails it. And the, the, the thing that's brilliant about it and the thing that makes, even though this has a lot, I, I, when I was initially playing, I'm like, oh, if Axiom Verge was Metroid, Axiom Verge 2 is Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, like because okay. it's a lot of melee combat, there's a couple abilities that are similar, but something that occurred to me was in Metroid, you can ever, you never purchase things, you just get upgrades and you find them, right? That's right. how it is in Axiom Verge 2. Also, all of your upgrades that you get have, I shouldn't say all, I would say 95% of your upgrades that you find have exploration mechanics and combat mechanics. Like that's like a crucial thing that Metroid does as well, where it's like, oh, you have, you know, this speed, you know, now you can sprint really fast and break through blocks. But if you also run into certain enemies, they just die instantly. So there's a lot of, lot of usage for. I would still say this is more Metroid than Castlevania, even though you know it may be, it may be tempting to say that this is the (laughs) this is the Castlevania to Axiom Verge One's Metroid, but I played it through, completed it, really really loved it. Um, There were times where it was a little bit frustrating to um, backtrack or get a little bit lost as to where you should go next. There's not a lot of, you know, like there will be a blinking indicator on your map, but you go near that area and you can't find a way through. And then it turns out you had to go above it and around, you know, like classic Metrovania stuff. Yeah. Um, but overall, like really, really like the game. I think there's going to be some people that play this and are just bored by the combat, like aren't into the combat. But to me, it's like, that's not, what this game's right. about so you mean like maybe people me. who are expecting more from it yeah because wise, even or? the first axiom verge you know i actually went back so i i beat axiom verge 2 and then i was like you know what like that felt so different than the first game am i crazy and i downloaded axiom verge and started playing from the beginning and played about three quarters of it just because it's such a good game mm-hmm. um and i'm like no it is so different and the thing about axiom verge 1 you're getting all these different guns that have totally different patterns, really unique stuff. And 
like there's a lot of combat and it's like you know a lot of the guns you're getting are like oh now you know it'll make it easier to kill this enemy or do this it feels very different this game is not about that and and so i could see some people being like oh i i just wanted more of that first game but to me like the the world that they built the freaking music man holy crap like this is going to be definitely a contender for soundtrack of the year oh yeah it's good yeah oh yeah i love the enemy design like there's just so much in this game that i love uh that to me i i realized early on that it's not about the combat and you should mostly just try to avoid most enemies right. or hack listen them. and we, we i mean we spoke briefly about it before too but we applause uh ambitious sequels and absolutely people who aren't afraid to do something different you know despite what people may have loved with their previous games you know exactly like, and tom why not hap, try new yeah stuff? tom hap is a brilliant game developer who again I believe he had a little bit of help like with the music and stuff, but he solo developer. <laughs> he made the first game himself. He made this game himself. And wow. clearly he has a vision, you know what I'm saying? Like this game is intentionally like this. There's nothing there's nothing that he did wrong to make it <laughs> less interesting combat wise. It's intentional. And right. and I really, really appreciate it. Alright, um, that's good. So yeah, that's Axiom Verge two. I really like the game. I'd be curious. I know Dan's playing it as well, so I'll be curious on the next episode to see which camp he falls in because I know some people are definitely not digging it the way that I did. Yeah, another um, de- divisive one for uh, yeah, for the exactly. old podcast. Exactly. <laughs> nice. uh, and so I'll briefly touch on a game that I put a little bit of time into um, before we get into the big one. A uh, mm-hmm. game called Black Book. So this is a game got on my radar from some people talking pretty highly of it. Um, it is it is a very unique game. It is a, a the combat ends up so so it's a it's I think it's a um, European folklore is like the the setting, and you're okay. playing as basically like a witch and the, the babadook yeah but you are just like your average witch like you made a you made a deal with the devil because your beloved died and you want to bring him back okay. so you gain these powers by you know making the deal with the devil and what's so cool about this game is it's doing like five different things and it's doing them all pretty well i think the story is great i think the artwork is great and the combat is like it's kind of like Slay the Spire-ish where you have cards and you you know, you know have a deck and you draw a few cards each turn and you have a certain number. It's like you can use two cards with this symbol on them and one card with this symbol on them and you okay. build your deck right. however so you want. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, some of them may be like, oh, just deal damage. Some of them may be, you know, you're fighting demons as you're traversing the world. And some of them may be, all right, do damage. Some of them heal yourself, shield yourself. You can put a spell on an enemy that's like um, deals damage over time. You know, like all the classic, you know, nothing too crazy with this. It's just, it's just a good version of that. Um, okay. Now, the, the thing about it is you have this overworld where it's kind of like, you know, your classic Slay the Spire 
you know, it's, you know, FTL where you have like different pathways you can choose where to go. But in this case, you can go to and from different places. It's not like you go one route, you can never go back. Uh, and what you're doing is at each spot you go to, there's this crafted little story. So maybe something as simple as like you hear a noise, you hear some, some singing, you know, through the trees. What do you do? Now you're making a choice. So it's like investigate, walk away, cast a spell to, uh, you know, ward off evil spirits or whatever. And depending on what Uh you do, a lot of different stuff can happen. It's not like, it's not just like, oh, here's one of two things. It could just be like, oh, you warded off the demon. He's gone now. And then nothing uh-huh. happens. It's almost like a Dungeons and Dragons sort of thing. Yes. Where, yes. You know, exactly. like it could, anything could happen. All right, cool. And it's, but everything is hand, I, I, I got to double check, but I don't think any of this stuff is like randomly generated or anything. I think mm-hmm. every area it's handcrafted and it's just really good. Like the writing is very good. I like the characters a lot. It's doing a lot of interesting things. You ha- There's this system where you have these, I forget what they call them because it's been, it's been a bit. I've been playing so much Psychonauts and 12 minutes, but <laughs> it's, you have these little demons basically that you have, you have like ownership over. So like it's your job to take care of them. And they, if you don't, have them go cause mischief then they'll screw you up so like you have the option (laughs) of like all right here's 10 different spots in town that they can go and here's what's going to happen so it's like all right do i want to send one of them to you know go poison this woman's cows (laughs) and and it'll make them happy or do i just take you know have five less health on my run and it's not runs it's like days so like or weeks or whatever so it's like, all right, for this okay. week, this entire, you know, expedition, I'm going to have five less health if I don't send this demon out. And then, or it'll be like, all right, uh, go burn this guy's crops <laughs> in order to, uh, you know, satisfy <laughs> your cravings, demon. And it is just such an interesting little thing. And, you know, you start to meet, like, these characters in the town are characters that will come to you with requests. So they'll say, like, okay. all right, here's 10 gold. Can you look into this one thing for me? And then it'll be like a side quest or a main quest. And I just, I think the game has a lot of stuff going for it. I haven't played enough to like know if everything pays off, but I'm really digging it a lot. It's a very unique game. It's obviously a very small team. You can see some of the 3D art. I think it's gorgeous. It's kind of like flat shaded, kind of like Kentucky Route Zero looking. Uh, when you're moving around in 3d but then the portraits are hand drawn when it's like a conversation it'll be like a 2d flat image of a character which like you know facial expressions will change but it's it's like a picture you know what i'm saying and it's just and it's just hand drawn i I, i'm really digging this game and i'm i'm actually stoked to get back to it once my plate's a little lighter that's awesome again that game's called black book uh i believe it's on consoles switch and PC came out this year, a couple weeks ago. Nice. Yeah, that sounds like a U game. You definitely into stuff like that, dude. I, it's um, it's right up my alley, and I think it's yeah. I think it's good enough that it's setting setting itself apart. And I'm I'm curious if that continues as I as I play a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about the big one, uh-huh. Shell, the one we've been waiting for. 
Madden 22. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about Madden 22 later in the episode, don't you worry. Uh, Psychonauts 2, man. It's yes. finally here. Oh. Finally, yeah. Just the other, I mean, honestly, just a just a few days' time uh, with it so far. So, yeah. Um, long wait. I actually, I I forgot when the first one has to be like a what two thousand three two thousand five, I believe. Five. Okay. So I believe so. Sixteen and years. I have not gotten a a ton of time with this. I would say you're you're definitely going to be further than myself. I went to hq and i just got to a casino and that's as far as they've gone okay. so i kind of just got hands-on for the most part with the small little hub world that they said in the beginning but god do i love tim schaefer's mind oh it's so good and uh, you know <laughs> it's the, so good they got a lot of the team back they got eric wolpaw back on writing which is amazing um yeah. and the game dude it for it to be a sequel to a beloved game 16 years in the making and for it to come out this good like i am blown away by this game i am in love with this game i think it is a contender for game of the year for me like it is a very very good game i have played probably 10 ish hours uh 10 to 10 to 15 somewhere in there uh and i really like I just love it. Like there's so much. It it has the spirit. This is and the first Psychonauts is very similar in this way. It has the spirit of like a small indie game in that like it's telling a type of story and doing the kind of things that like a chicory does or something like that. But it's this huge, big budget, beautiful, you know, cutscenes and great voice acting and you know. The, yeah, oh, like dude, it's it's just so right off the bat. I love the art style. You know, like everything about it is just it's so familiar, oh, but at the so same time, good. like has that fresh coat of paint over it. You know, and it, it's just funny when you look at a character and like every there's like blue skin people, purple yep. skin people, their eyes are offset and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like you just love to look at these zany characters, and at the same time, the stuff that they're talking about and and just play on words with stuff. You you, oh, you the start humor the tutorial. Is just, yeah. And like you're walking around, he's like, "What's that noise? Oh, that's emotional baggage." And you know, yep. I'm just like cracking up myself. And like I don't remember everything about the first game. I know it had those same little uh, nuances and stuff, but it's just from what I've played so far, it's it's absolutely incredible. I'm so happy that you're enjoying it because this is my type of game completely. Those, oh. those 3D platformers, you know. So so for you to say how much you're enjoying it means I I know I'm gonna love it. It's amazing. Uh, it's an incredible game, and and the more minds that I go into, the more blown away I am. Like as I'm continuing through the game, it's getting better and better, and I think that's really awesome. Like I just can't. I, yeah, I I was cracking up last night. I played a little, and I just got the clairvoyance. And yes. when you do clairvoyance, you go and see something from somebody else's eyes, and like you, <laughs> you, you first start off, and you like go into the mind of a rat, and he, the way he looks at you, like, like, like every time you do clairvoyance, the people's point of view of what you look like popping around as a little like two D piece of paper, it's like a is cardboard cool. cutout, yeah. Oh my god, it's so funny, and it's always like what that person thinks of you. <laughs> so yeah. It and there's some really up. funny ones as you as you go on and like when you do major characters and stuff and the way that they see you, it's great. Um, That's a, yeah, I'm looking forward dude, to that. There's just everything about this game I'm loving. Like the writing, the the visuals, 
the music, holy crap, the music in this game is amazing. I, I am like, I'm just so happily surprised. Like I knew it was gonna be good because I love Double Fine and Tim Schafer and I love Psychonauts, but the way it bowled me over so far and is like one of my favorite games of the year and I, I like it more than the first game already. Like I just can't even believe it. Like it's so, so good. And I'll have final thoughts on the next episode and talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, same. I hope to have that as well um, because this is probably going to be my ex exclusivity for the moment until right. uh, until I get through it. So, and it seems pretty big. I mean, I mean yeah. Like I said, I think I'm t somewhere between ten and fifteen hours. I feel like I'm a little more than halfway, maybe three quarters at most. Uh, yeah, it's hard to tell, but but based on like what level I am and what what the level cap is, you know, like I have some sense, right? Um, so maybe, right. yeah, you know, maybe I'm like two thirds, but, uh, I think it's just tremendous and I can't wait to talk more about it. Oh, no, same. It's like, and like I said, I've only gotten a small little hub world experience, uh, so far with it and just the way it's set up tutorialization, um, the way that the game just actually starts and is able to go over, like comb over every detail you need from the first game and the little mini VR second game. Um, which yep. I didn't realize like crucial huge knowledge yeah. for this one, but Absolutely yeah. Crucial. So, so, uh, so I remember I have that, but never finished it. So, so I'm happy that they, they kind of did all that Intel for you to, to catch you up to speed and get you right going into this one because, and, and that's so funny that we were talking about content warnings before, because they actually have one in this game about teeth, that, like right? brief little thing. Yeah. Like you, when you, when you start it up and from the main menu, you can click on like a disclaimer thing. Yeah. And it comes up and it's like, listen, there's PTSD, there's this, there's a yeah. like a whole bunch of stuff in this game. If you're, if any of that triggers you, don't play. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, so it's a tremendous game, yeah. and and when yeah. when we all finish it, I definitely want to sit down and record something about it. Oh, for sure. And to be a game Game Pass day one, incredible. On. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's all that we've been playing. As if that wasn't enough. Um, let's jump right into the news. Uh, we have some news. Um, we'll hit, we'll hit some of the quick, some of the quick, uh, beats first. Uh, we had goodbye volcano high, a game that Dan and myself are very much looking forward to has been officially delayed to 2022. Um, you know, we saw that coming. They, they hadn't been showing it much and, you know, with right. and everything, everyone's pretty, pretty backed up as we know. Um, and then we also had Halo Infinite. So this is an interesting one. It was partially delayed because on and we'll, we'll in the Gamescom opening night live, the Jeff Keighley Gamescom session. Um, he they gave the release date uh, of December eighth, but on that release date, they will not have co-op campaign and it will just be multiplayer and single player campaign is what they have they won't have like a forge or like any additional stuff until later date so it seems like it got partially delayed and they said you know what we need it out this year we need it out of this year <laughs> so we're gonna put the the single player campaign and the the full multiplayer suite out so Right. Those are the quick little delay notes. I'll also say Splitgate, that, speaking of Halo, <laughs> that Halo meets Portal game that I've been playing. 
Uh, the full release has been delayed, quote-unquote, indefinitely due to issues with high player count and server capacity constraints. Uh, they're still continuing to update the beta with new content in the meantime, and they're doing it at a pretty frequent clip. They're not like... Um, you know they're not letting it slide too far. They're they're in there adding new stuff. Uh, in fact, on opening night live, I didn't include it in the section that we have, but they did have something from Splitgate saying season zero starts right now. Uh, so there's all new cosmetics and stuff like that, which obviously is not why I am into the game. So I don't care that much about that. But <laughs> um, season zero is like in still beta stuff like that. Like, uh, is that what they mean? I, I assume. I would assume so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, this game was made by two Stanford college students, and so oh, wow. <laughs> they don't have the server capacity of a full studio, obviously. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, they said it's going to be a bit, we need to figure this out. And, and truthfully, if you go to play that game and catch it at the wrong time, like a, you know, Saturday night or something, you right. end up in a queue to, to log in. Like you're not, uh, oh, you, you know. don't pop in right away. You yeah. know what? Honestly, I mean, that sucks as a player, but that's a good problem to have. Definitely. For like a game sitting in beta because they said, it's like, okay, this game is popular. Exactly. And they've, they, they shared the same thing with Jeff Keeley. He said they have had over 10 million downloads. Oh shit. Which is fucking crazy. I mean, it is a free game, uh, yeah. but nonetheless, that's pretty intense. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fantastic. And and kind of um, on the Halo news, too, like, at least, you know, like, it always sucks to see, okay, the game's not in its final form um, just yet, but at but least it's at not least like, oh, we only yeah. have, you know, like, at least it wasn't just a single-player campaign and multiplayer wasn't ready or, or vice versa, you know? It, yeah. If the co-op uh, campaign is the only thing we're waiting on, that's not the worst thing in the world. I know, too, you know? yeah. I agree um, with that. Definitely a bummer yeah. for people that always play those games co-op. You know, it's a pain in the butt. Right, especially Halo, because that has such a such a thing with people. Like it resonates with people as a a game that maybe they started like a, a father oh, and a son yeah. playing together or brothers. Like they always exactly. just do the co op or something. So, so it's a, it's a downer, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. Um, and then one more before we get to all the Gamescom stuff, uh, we did have a they call it a it's not a Pokemon Direct, it's a Pokemon presents i think uh it was on august 18th uh they showed a ton of stuff most of it i don't care about uh i'll briefly <laughs> say there were a couple new character announcements for pokemon unite um so you can check those out uh the big one that i wanted to talk to you about Shelb, is that arceus stuff that came out so they dove in and talked about what this game is and how different it's going to be from the previous mainline games which is pretty interesting so yeah that's for sure i mean it's it's it kind of released with a trailer and some gameplay and then, stuff you yeah. know like, and and them talking about it and how yep. it's going to work so i think it was like a whole 10 minute ordeal a good thing to end on yeah definitely um, so yeah. let's get into the the nitty-gritty with that so the biggest thing in my purview here is there is the player character is part of the battle and you right. can get damaged during the battle yeah which is so bizarre and interesting so you're running around you know people call it breath of the wild like and stuff like that but you're running around in third person while your pokemon are battling and 
you can kind of just get it caught in the crossfire or if you don't have any Pokemon that are that are not, you know, knocked out, then you can if some something jumps you, you're getting hit <laughs> <laughs> and you could black out and, and uh you know, have to have to start back where you were. So yeah. an interesting yeah, that way. Yeah. yeah, an interesting <laughs> wrinkle for sure. And then the other thing is the the way that the battle system works. It seems like it's almost like a ATB sort of thing for Final Fantasy VII, where it's like certain moves will take longer depending on what form you use. So it's like agile mode or strong mode or something like that. And it's like certain like if a move only costs four action points as opposed to twelve, you can hit them three times with the four before they hit you with the twelve. Right. That's brand new. It was always one move versus one move, no matter how big or powerful it is. And right. I think that that is crucial in keeping us feeling positively about new Pokemon stuff because that is, is something... It's a fresh take on the... Yeah, it's a fresh take on the, the turn-by-turn sort of thing. And and if it works well, I think, that could, I, I think that'll be great because, yeah, I mean, what have we seen from Pokemon forever, really, is just... Other than unite now, you know, it's right. it's just been that that well, the same mainline kind of style. In the mainline where, games, it's that it's that style. Yeah, right, right, right. So, so I honestly, when I saw that, when they were explaining, I was like, oh, like in my head, I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, that's a cool little. Not that the game is already expanding and evolving, if you would, uh, if you would. <laughs> so, uh, so, so it seems like they are taking a few steps in the right direction as far as implementing newer kind of more modernized ways of looking at these games and keeping it fresh for for their player base i mean what what did you think when you saw that i think it's awesome i mean that's the thing that feels the most dated about pokemon is that you attack they attack you attack they attack yeah because even in other like turn-based rpgs it's like you have action points it's not just one action one action no matter what it is so that's the thing that got me with pokemon lately is like uh, like, why wouldn't I choose the strongest moves when I evolve and get new moves? Like, why wouldn't I? Because right. it's going to cost the same. I mean, yeah, it has it has action points, like, as in, here's how many times you can use the move before it's expended. But mm -hmm. that's not mattering in a single battle, you know? Yeah. So no, that's where I'm like, this is a really interesting idea to be like, well, maybe the fast, nimble Pokemon are going to be a little bit stronger, whereas, whereas you know... In the past, it's been like, ah, you know, those are those aren't strong enough. They don't have the strong moves, right? No, um, of course, it's it's and and that was definitely a thing that right up until Sword and Shield, you know, like that's it's been the same style over and over again. You get your oh, you could use this move fifteen times, ten times, whatever right. it is. I mean, the the only thing you do, you hit quick attack, and you're going to attack first, and that was about it. That's as that's far it. as that yeah, expanded, exactly. you know. <laughs> So, so I'm happy to see stuff like that, and I think it's pretty cool. I am interested to see when you do throw out your own Pokemon, like, then what does your player do? Because you're now controlling what the Pokemon's going to do, or or the moveset that the Pokemon's going to do. Does your character stand still? That's and what I'm now, curious about, too. During the battle, know, like, like, what does it look like? I'm yeah, because if you're attacked by multiple Pokemon, can your po can yours that you throw out attack one while you're still getting attacked? Like, how's that going to work? Um, right. That's um, what I, yeah, I'm very curious about that as well because I'm thinking yeah. of like Nino Kuni. Where it's I was like, just about to bring that up and say the same thing. They they did it well. They know? did it very well where you're cycling between and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I'm, yeah, we'll see. 
I'd be very curious. I think it looks great. I see a lot of people out there talking about how sparse the open world looks. I'm not too worried about that. Game Freak is not this powerhouse studio that's putting it, you know, they were like, Oh, look at this forest. that has like 14 trees and sky <laughs> Skyrim and tw- 10 years ago had a, this yeah. beautiful dense forest. It's like, I, I don't think you understand <laughs> what kind of game yeah. they're making. <laughs> um, but yeah, it also seems like a, a big change is in even outside of battles, you walk up to wild Pokemon, you can just throw the Pokeball at it to try to catch it. Yeah, see if that works. <laughs> yeah, but it's like that's how you're going to be catching most of the Pokemon, and yeah. only the strong ones do you need to weaken first. Right, um, and and I think some of those stronger Pokemon battles from the from the trailer seem very interesting because it's like your your player is like dodging bear attacks and stuff. Right. So it's like, okay, how is this going to work? Because do you get a moment of respite to to throw out a Pokemon and then like? Uh, I'm just so curious about how uh, how those boss battles are going to work um, and if they're going to work well. Because in none of those, like, fighting Gyarados or fighting that bear or, or anything, right. in none of those did they show you throwing a Pokemon out to attack them. So I'm so curious how that's going to work. Um, and if your player can throw out their own attack in, in the sense of, like, an item that you right. could use, you know? Or is it just straight-up Pokeballs and Pokemon? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm totally curious. And as somebody who's totally uh, a a checkbox guy, the new Pokedex system is totally up my alley. Oh, Um, it's so good. I am so about that because it's always been, hey, here's the 150 that are listed on here. Just just get the Pokemon and that's it. And and Pokedex collected, you know? So this one seems like it has a more intricate version of that um, as it is a prequel, basically, of trying to figure out what what makes these pokemon tick you know so i'm all about it I, i'm i'm very intrigued and uh i'm happy to be back on the pokemon pathway because yeah. it, it wasn't until sword and shield that i was just like oh you know I, like i haven't played one of these and since i was a kid and and i got that one and that game was too easy so i'm so i'm <laughs> all about this man I'm, I'm all about it yeah i think this one's gonna be really interesting i'm i'm super excited yeah yeah definitely for sure all right, so the last bit of news we have is the big one, Gamescom opening night live. Um, we have a ton of news coming from that. I will say off the bat, Microsoft did have their own showcase the day before this one, and there was not much new to talk about there, so I, I kind of just left it out. Um, so this is the big one that I want to talk about. This is the Jeff Keeley opening night live. Uh, I'll start with Halo because we already talked about it. We saw a new trailer. It seems like they're doing something kind of Destiny-like where it's like the multiplayer is surrounded by like the story. So like what, what it said was like, oh, season one will revolve around this commander or whatever. So like you're reporting in in between multiplayer battles and having new story stuff happen aside from the campaign, which is intriguing. I'm curious how far they go with that. Um, But other than that, they just showed the trailer and said release date uh, December 8th this year. Uh, They also showed off like a Halo uh, controller, one of the fancy schmancy, whatever the the most expensive <laughs> Xbox ones are called, the I don't think elite it's, or something elite, like that. elite. That's yeah. it. 
Um, and then they showed off a Halo Xbox as well. Um, so yeah, that's Halo. Um, you know, we kind of talked about it before. Uh, then I'll start at the top here. So Saints Row announced. That's what they're calling it, Saints Row. Uh, it's a reboot, and it's releasing February 25th next year. So not too far away, a few months. No, not at um, all. I am intrigued by it because I really like Saints Row the Third a lot. Like a lot, a lot. I think it's yeah. a really, really strong comedic game and i think after that it got way too over the top where it wasn't funny anymore um this one i'm curious about and i'll probably wait and see uh because it's not like i'm so obsessed with saints row that i'm just gonna jump in on everything i think the idea that they're rebooting it is a good idea and i'll be curious what kind of style they're going for Right. So, so when when they say reboot, because I I didn't get a chance to watch this trailer, and I've never played a Saints Row game before. Now, is this ground up new characters, new everything, yes. or is it like, oh, it is. All right, new cool. characters, and, new place. It looks like a fictional Las Vegas. Okay. Um, All right. Cool. 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 Because I like I said, this could be a. Um, I've never played any of them, so this could be a cool jumping off point for me. I think it might be, um, and, I, and I'm very curious about it. I'm not like, you know, immediately like, oh, God, I can't wait for that. But I like Saints Row the Third so much because it was just a over-the-top comedy surrounded by a open-world, you know, GTA-style game, and I think that married really well together. I am so not opposed to a game like GTA or Red Dead. The problem I have with the games is the storytelling and and you know poor writing, in my opinion. Where like Saint Row the Third is like this beautiful thing that happened in 2011, uh, and I bet if you played it today, less of the jokes would hit. Um, right. But but when I played that game, it was such a freaking masterpiece. How many? There's four of them, right? There's four. So there were four ones. main ones, and then they did a couple spinoffs after the fact um, okay. that you know started really going downhill. Um, so that's why they're rebooting, I would presume. Uh, and I'm definitely curious about it. So February looks pretty pretty busy, <laughs> uh, but uh, but I'll be curious to check out Saints Row. Yeah, for sure. That that's a, definitely a cool thing uh, for them to do, you know. Because I don't know when the fourth one came out or when the last main entry is, but but to keep it rolling. And I know those games have always been about being weird, you know. It's like it's a cool game, but at the same time, it's like have fun. At the, don't take yourself too seriously. Right. And uh, and I think that is a cool thing. I'm I'm definitely more intrigued than I've ever been before about them uh, with a yeah. reboot is. Because I'm always, I have that issue. You know, I have that issue. If a game's gonna come out, then I'm <laughs> interested. Go check I'm out play, everything else. Exactly. I'm gonna play every game that led up to it. So, so this is e better for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, next on the list, we have Midnight Suns announced. Yeah. This is the XCOM two teams' next game, and it's a tactical RPG set in the Marvel universe. We had a brief leak. People thought this was gonna come out of E3. It never did. Um, no details there, just that the XCOM team is making a Marvel game. Um, sure enough, it's true. Uh, Jake Solomon got on and talked about it after the trailer. The trailer showed 
uh, and we got confirmed playable characters include Ghost Rider, Blade, Wolverine, some really, really interesting group of characters, Iron Man, um, and, you know, the, the, the trailer didn't show any gameplay, so I'm sure it was, you know, you mentioned <laughs> what the hell is this? Yeah, um, I mean, it was like, I, I watched the trailer, and I was like, oh, so cool. Like, all the characters you just said, I was like, right. oh, there's Ghost Rider, there's yeah. Blade, yada, yada. And then by the end, I was like, all right, well, well but wait a minute, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that it's a tactical RPG, and in the words of Jake Solomon, it is an RPG with tactical combat. So it's not an XCOM-like. It, you are like getting new abilities and weapons and stuff and upgrades for the characters. You are having mass effect like choices and um, relationships right? from what it sounds like. Um, so to be honest with you, could not be more excited for that. It sounds absolutely amazing. And it's coming yeah. out in March next year. So also not too far away. Yeah. I mean, for, I mean, I know it was leaked, but for something, uh, to be a, 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 about six months off, maybe a little yeah. more than that uh, from first announcement. It's great. Exactly. And they did say September 1st, they're doing a gameplay uh, demo. Yeah, looking forward to that. I saw that at the end of the trailer. So I'm excited to see what it looks like in action and, and really try to break down what they're talking about where they say it's a tactical RPG. It's not It's not XCOM. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that looks fantastic. I'm excited for that. Uh, we did get another new trailer for TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Uh, game continues to look awesome. Uh, they showed that April O'Neil will be a playable character along with the Turtles, uh, which is neat. Also, in the key art, it shows the Turtles in the center, April O'Neil on the right next to them, and a conspicuous blank spot to the left of them. So <laughs> if Casey Jones isn't there, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the... Other thing I'll say, they did say officially it's coming out in 2022. I know they initially said it's coming out this year, so it looks like kind of a bit of a delay there. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, every time I see this game, I'm like, oh, that soundtrack is so good. Oh, it looks so good. The pixel art's so beautiful. And then I remember, don't get too excited and to beat them up. I don't like beat em ups <laughs> But I, I will play it, and I'm sure I will enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I know, like Battletoads last year, that that yeah. let us down. Yeah, but um, and, but and, uh, I I am I'm on board with you right now. The hype train is real, and uh, and I'm aboard. Yeah, it looks so, great. Yeah, I I loved April O'Neil's like moves too. She like swings around a a camera on a tripod, yep. and and then mic drops on one of the enemies. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm totally about it. it. Looks yeah. awesome. It's really really good. <laughs> um, next we have Jet the Far Shore getting a new trailer and a release date of October 5th. So finally we have a real date for jet the far shore. I am yeah, so I mean, curious about this game. The, the game continued because, because the trailer that they showed was mainly like ship gameplay from what I saw. Right. Um, and then, which is so weird because the last time we saw this game, we had a little bit more in depth with you, with your first person exploration. Yes. Walking you know, around so talking to people. Yeah, so it's like it keeps going back and forth between, oh, I, I still feel like there's so much mystery to this game. There is, um, yeah. I'm very curious. continuing this. to get everything, it's just like <laughs> still so intrigued. 
I'm just like everything I thought about after the last trailer that I knew about this game was just like, yeah, we're not going to show you any of that anymore. Here's all new stuff with <laughs> back with the ship. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> I know there are some people in the press that got some hands on time with it. So I've heard a yeah. little bit about, you know, a little more detail on it. Um, mm-hmm. Sounds like the story is, is really what you're there for. Like, it's a really interesting story. Really cool sci-fi world. Um, and yeah, it looks like you cycle between the ship combat and then you can, you know, you have interactions and conversations with people in first person. Uh, I'm still pretty excited for this game. I think it looks really neat. So coming out in a little over a month. Um, next Sifu. We got the date. Uh, it is coming out February 22nd, 2022. So I remember every, everyone was upset. <laughs> everyone was upset that Sifu got delayed, but it looks like it's not delayed too far. Uh, slot another big game into February, <laughs> just so we can all cry. I, was, I mean, yeah, the beginning of next year is just packed. Boom, ba, boom, packed. Ba, boom, ba, boom, and boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Breath of the Wild sequel. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, no, but Sifu, I mean, continues to look amazing. So, yeah. you know. Imagine they just never change the name. It's just called Breath of the Wild sequel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be wouldn't be too shocked. Um, but yeah, Sifu coming out also February. Then we got an interesting looking game. It's pronounced Doke V, just so everyone knows. Doke V. Uh, D-O-K-E capital V. Uh, it is a new game from a team that did an extremely, their previous work is an extremely popular MMO called Black Desert Online, a game that I never touched, but I've heard has of it. millions and millions of players and I've seen ads for it. Um, this game, what a visual, like it's like a beautiful symphony for the senses watching this trailer. It is just like, the lighting is like super realistic. The backgrounds are super realistic. And then you have these crazy uh, like animals looking Pokemon like thing. And your character is like a chibi looking guy that's running around roller, roller skating and jetpacking. And it, I have no idea what this gameplay is going to look like. I don't even know what kind of game it is based on this trailer. Uh, but it was it was very striking looking, and it looked like such a ne- like a step up visually. That I was just like, holy shit! I gotta, I yeah, gotta I check mean, out what this is. The the moment like I saw it on the dock, and I I was like, all right, let me check this one out because that's not a. Sometimes from a title, you're like, okay, I can kind of understand. That was a <laughs> not a word. So no. I just I was like, all right, I need to look at this. Uh, so. I mean, everything you just said is absolutely true. You look at the game and you're like, wow, this is some of the most realistic stuff I've ever seen. And then you see the characters and you're like, this is a cool fit into this world. Yeah, it's interesting. And then you see the gameplay and you're like, what the frig is going on? What am I looking at? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It looks like it it might be like a Pokemon-like game. Like, What I was getting vibe-wise, like I I thought the same thing. You kind of have, it looks like you have a familiar with you, but I was getting... Almost like a monster hunter That's, vibe. I swear, I was thinking that when when yeah. your character brings out the big hammer, the big cartoon hammer, yeah. and like swings it at that big lizard thing, I was like, that reminds me of Monster Hunter. I, it was just like one of those because it it seems like you get corded into this little circle, like a like a battle circle or whatever. So it's like, oh man, this monster is attacking this part of right. 
the city go go fight this monster and it was almost that that's the vibe i got from the whole trailer um like you said you almost like the, something there show yeah that's what i'm feeling that's that's i mean again i you might as well just surround the entire title with question marks because i have <laughs> no idea what's well, going on i read a press release <laughs> from the the company that's making it and they said it is a four-player co-op action oh. game so yeah that would be cool yeah we'll see i mean interesting for sure and looks great so yeah. keep your eyes peeled for doke v <laughs> uh we got some an interesting looking game published by devolver called cult of the lamb um really great trailer honestly uh, as as expected from a devolver joint um it looks like you're playing as this little lamb that everyone's worshiping and like giving sacrifices to and it looks very dark but it's like a it's like a top-down isometric uh, hack and slash kind of game, but it looks like you're building out your base as well and getting new followers. And the implication was like some of those followers might turn on you or something like that. I, I think it looks neat. Don't know much about it, obviously, but I'm I'm way into the way that it looks. So I'm I'm stoked to see a little bit more of that. Honestly, so am I. Because from from what I got from the trailer, the gameplay looks completely chaotic and fun right but uh it was it seemed like you had your own little town that you could build up on and i'm all about that so so i am completely intrigued by the absolute wackiness and chaoticness of this trailer so yeah i know i can't i can't wait to see a little bit more that's what i'm hoping for yeah yeah for sure uh and then last piece of news here on the opening not live uh we got a little bit from horizon forbidden west including a release date February 18th, 2022. It's official. Yeah. It's in February. That just, I mean, you know what it means. It means Breath of the Wild sequel is coming out a week later. Yeah, I was just about to say, I mean, Sifu comes out four days after this, which means, great, I'm going to have to. Oh, yeah, we're, we're going to be go packed back and out. Forth and, and then try and try and plow through one as fast as I can because <laughs> Breath of the Wild's going to come out a freaking week later. It's like, oh my I know. I, I'm half kidding, but I really genuinely think that that wouldn't be far fetched for them to put a date of <laughs> of March, first week of March, like they did last time. The last time oh. these two games came out, Horizon came out in f- end of February, and Breath of the Wild came out first week of March. So <laughs> uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, it's good to know. Finally, have a date for that officially. Yeah, and sure. I think Shelby, that wraps up our news segment here. Boo boo boo. Uh, now let's get cool. into, we have a couple of quick hits here uh, at the bottom of our page. First, Game Pass game of the show. Um, I will go first. I brought a little game called Dragon Age Origins. Now this oh, is yeah? a game that gets a little bit overshadowed because I think Dragon Age Inquisition was so popular and won a few Game of the Year awards that year and stuff like that. But Dragon Age Origins was the first transfer from this team doing computer RPGs and now they're making a third person RPG instead. It's very mass effect like in a lot of ways, story wise, the way you make choices, you get characters in your party. Um, The thing that I think it does super well is the combat. You can play it in a tactical turn-based way. So instead of just like Mass Effect, you know, use powers when they're off cooldown, stuff like that, you can set it so that you can pause it 
and queue up actions for your characters and then press play and let them do their thing. Uh, It's a really good game that I really, really liked when it came out and have not went back to. I think it was, I'm trying to remember, like 2010, something like that. Um, might even be earlier. Let me check when that came out. Uh, but the game, honestly, it was really, really great. And I think back very fondly of it. It It's November, 2009. I think back on it really fondly. And I would be curious in, you know, everybody talking how much they love Mass Effect and how, you know, excited they are for new ones and we're waiting, whatever. It's like to go. People should go back and try out Dragon Age Origins and see if that satiates some of their Mass Effect appetite. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. I mean, it, it definitely has that vibe to it and stuff. I'm I'm watching gameplay as we speak, actually, because um, I've never played any of the Dragon Age games, and I always pass by these because I remember. You, I think you played in, what is it, Inquisition? Yeah. Um, not too long ago or something, uh, within the past couple of years at least, and we're fond of it. And I remember seeing, I think these games are on Game Pass. Yes, they are. That's They uh, are, right? Oh, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I meant both of them when I said that, and then right. obviously I realized what we were talking about. <laughs> and uh, so so I've, I've passed by this a million times. I love the cover art, and it's always been one of those games where like, maybe one day. Yeah, you know, if you're ever like, I mean, not that we're going to be thirsting for games anytime soon, but oh, if, if you ever have a lull and you want to dip in, I, th- I think you'd really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Prior to February of next year, if you have a lull. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and this fall is like crazy too. Oh my God. Um, uh, Shelby, what do yeah, you bring no, here awesome. for, the, for the Game Pass so, game of the show? My Game Pass game of the show um, is a very new edition, um, but not a very old game. Um, it's Hades, which mm. is arguably one of the best games to release last year and or ever. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a fantastic game. It has been my kind of jumping on point with roguelikes. And with that being said, a good jumping on point because it's one of the best <laughs> yes. in that category of gamings. Um, I thought last year, th- I mean, this was a Switch exclusive at first right hades it was so it had come out early access on pc and then the first console release was switch was switch all right so that's what i wound up playing it on when i first played it and now as of like a week ago um is a game pass game and this is just if you didn't get a chance to play it already and it's released last year like play this freaking game because it's a great game the character development is absolutely incredible. You get boons with each run. You get different weapons. You can kind of arc your own play style. The character interactions with with just everybody. Like I, I think every character in the game is is totally worthwhile. There's nobody that's a dud. And and your sense of accomplishment as you go through each run is just. I know I've said in the past that like roguelikes, I kind of get my boredom with them sometimes. But this one's just keeps you going back and i never quite finish it but i remember you saying that the end game for this oh it's phenomenal was just bar none so so hades for sure is is a must play if you have game pass game pass must play for sure couldn't agree more shelby that's a great pick yeah uh and let's end it off here shelby we'll do a little fantasy check-in because believe it or not we have four games that we have some updates for 
finally. I feel like the sometimes we do this and there's just nothing, nothing, and yeah, now we're finally in the thick of it, you know. And so we are in the thick of it, and unfortunately for me, one of my picks, Axiom Verge Two, uh, a week after release, ended at a seventy-eight on Open Critic, netting me zero points. Not negative, but zero. So Seto. Yeah, Seto Seto. Uh, we. You know, not not too pleased with that, but um, personally, I think Axiom Verge 2 is mid-80s. That's where I would rate it, so really, I should have a couple points, but uh, nonetheless, the critics disagreed. You're uh, just salty because all your games got pushed next year. They really, they really did. I'm in rough shape, guys. <laughs> um, next, we have 12 minutes, which we talked a lot about earlier in the episode. A week after release ended with a 77 on Open Critic. So Dan had 12 minutes. He also receives zero points for that 77. Another set Next, in, in what I called an interesting pick during our draft, Dan had Madden NFL 22 on his list. I think in his brain, he's like, yeah, those games are, everyone loves those games. I totally out. convinced him to pick that 100%. <laughs> <laughs> like prior to, I was like, why aren't Madden on you already? Oh my God. <laughs> but I think he just ran out of choices and picks it. And and he ended up a week after release. It's a 67 on Open Critic, netting him negative two points. <laughs> so big money there for Shelb. Uh, looking that would have been so funny if like like it got like a 50 but he nailed the like he nailed the (laughs) score that would have been hilarious (laughs) Um, and then lastly on this list Psychonauts 2 also on Dan's list Uh, it's not a week since release so it's not official but currently sitting at an 88 on Metacritic on Open Critic which is and I think he had it at like an 87 right he had it at an 87 so it's flirting with that number where he can get the exact yeah, uh, but nonetheless, an eighty-eight will net him a couple of points there, which would be nice. So that's where we're at with our fantasy check-in. We will check back in on the next episode with final results on that Psychonauts two, and we'll have some more games coming out around that time that will have gotten some reviews that are on some of our lists. So without further ado, Shelb, I believe that is going to be the end of our episode, uh, unless you have anything to add here um no no oh you know what a little little teaser at the end here i watched a movie yesterday called the vault this has nothing to do with oh actually it does never mind so i watched a movie there's a netflix movie called the vault okay and uh the only reason i'm bringing this up this movie it was it was decent it was fine for a netflix movie um freddie highmore like the main character it is literally it should be called the vault colon drake's fortune colon oh really bank heist it's literally if you take the first uncharted game and turn it into a bank heist because it's all about sir francis drake's treasure and it's pretty funny it's about Um, sir francis drake's treasure specifically yeah Yeah. it is that's so funny like the game starts off and you just see sick parvis magna just drop (laughs) through the ocean and literally they're on a boat and they're salvaging like something from sir francis drake and the movie starts and i was like did they just low-key steal the uncharted movie because it took (laughs) too long to come out and then it's a bank when is that that movie coming out who fucking knows (laughs) i mean Uh, more and more of it keeps getting revealed but uh but who knows who knows Uh, Um, my my wife has been watching a show on netflix called the outer banks oh yeah well but here's what i'm gonna say (laughs) 
reminds me a lot of uncharted because they're treasure oh, yeah. hunters <laughs> yeah they're treasure hunters and they're like constantly like searching maps and doing clues it's, it's like one of those for teens though right uh, i mean for yeah. somebody <laughs> um, i feel the same yeah. but uh but yeah so i figured that that was just a i it's fresh in my mind because i watched it last night so i figured i'd I'd throw it out because it was the only thing I could think about the entire movie. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> well, all right. I think that's going to do it for the episode. Uh, we hope that you guys enjoyed. Thank you, Shelby, so much for being here. As always, thanks for having me. Dan, we miss you, buddy. We'll see you on the next episode. And thank you all out there for listening. Again, we hope you enjoyed. And until next time, peace. Hey everyone, thanks so much for watching and or listening. Just here to remind you that you can find us by searching for Circle Back Podcasts or Circle Back Gaming on any of these podcast services. Anchor, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, or Stitcher. My God, I'm out of breath because of all these podcast services, but you can find us anywhere there. Also, you can find us, our video version, on YouTube by searching Circle Back Podcasts or Circle Back Gaming uh, and the rest of the videos we do. Thanks, guys.